everyone. Welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we'll try anything twice. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. We're back. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Emma's gonna see Backstreet Boys. That's true. I am. Thank you, Travis. Shout out to Travis, who never listens to the podcast, but I'm saying something nice about him anyways. <laughs> we say nice things about Travis all the time. Which is maybe a lie, but he should still listen to our podcast because we're great. Yeah. Uh, We had a really funny thing happen over the holidays uh, at his parents' house. Tell me. like went there for gifts and um, his dad actually listens to a few of our episodes, like the topics that he finds interesting. That's fair. You can pick and choose, whatever. Yeah. And he got um, Travis's mom to like listen along too. And I guess there was this one episode, and I think Travis and I had, like, just moved into our apartment, and Travis had been talking to me for, like, a week, talking about, like, how he wanted this bread box for the counter. Do you remember me talking I about remember, that? I remember the bread box, yeah. Yeah. So then we go to his parents' house for Christmas presents, and when no. does Travis open? No. A motherfucking bread box. Damn it. And Emma, where are you going to put it? Uh, and well, right now it's the uh, fruit box because it just went where all of our fruit was on the counter. Well, yeah, because you found can't some fit space. both. Okay. That's Anyways, good. it was just so funny, the look on his face, because he had obviously <laughs> forgotten this, like this whole thing. And yeah. he was just really confused, and I think he was wondering, like, oh, is this supposed to be for Emma? Because it's quite a cutesy, like, 60s kind of vibe mm-hmm. to this bread box. And I just am, like, pissing myself laughing because I know exactly where this has come from. Yeah. And Travis is so confused. He has no idea what's going on. And so I had to tell him, I was like, yeah, you just kept pestering me about this bread box, and I talked about it on <laughs> – my podcast and then i can't believe you forgot i can okay well yeah yeah that's amazing this is the first i think thing that i've seen our podcast create outside of itself (laughs) yeah and that makes me really happy yeah it's so funny bless shout out to travis's parents that's hilarious (laughs) great gift yeah i'm glad you found space for it on your counter because me too I don't, I don't know what you were going to do with it. Put it in the cupboard. We have a lot of cupboard space. Ah, but, like, doesn't that defeat the purpose of the bread box? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, you have one now. That's great. <laughs> I don't have any we stories that are it. nearly that funny. My holidays were very chill. Actually, no, I do have a really funny story of something that happened over the holidays. Because uh, we were with Keegan's family. And uh, Keegan's not a very good cook, which he knows, so he won't mind me, you know, dunking on him like this. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know how you, you, you look at someone and you know them for a while and there are certain things about them and you're just like, why are you the way that you are? Yeah. And then you get to know their parents and you're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. So... So while we were uh, with them for the holidays, both his mom and his sister sent off the smoke alarms while cooking. Oh, bless. And and then uh, his dad at one point smoked us out of the basement because he was lighting the wood stove with a blowtorch. (laughs) And he just like kept going with it. Oh my god. Just blasting this blowtorch. Just like saying saying something about like, oh, there's just like, you know, cold air like in the in the pipes and we just need to like get it out. And he's just like blasting this. And I'm like <laughs> and I'm like, dude, there's a lot of smoke just like billowing out and not any actual fire. I think you have other problems. <laughs> maybe <laughs> sl- maybe slow down on that blowtorch. <laughs> and he just kept blasting it. And then there was just, there was so much smoke. We had to, it was freezing cold. We had to open all the windows. We had to open the garage door. I'm just like standing in the garage just to get some fresh air. And uh, smoke everywhere. Oh. It was terrible. 
but really funny. And now and now I can look at Keegan and be like, I I see where it comes from now. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that happens? Other people's families are really funny. Yeah. And and <laughs> the best thing was that Keegan's mom was like not phased by it at all. She I just came downstairs that. and was just like, oh, look at this. Better open up the windows. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, get on that. I love it. It's pretty good. good. Uh, yeah, everybody was safe. It was good. Wow. We're back. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2019 now. I don't remember how to podcast. Me neither. We take we took a little break. And apparently I also forgot how to talk a little, but that's fine. A little break. Um, not a break for y'all out there, though, because I messed up with uploading episodes, so. It's cool. We can blame it on me because I am the one who was really at fault. (laughs) It's fine. We're both at fault. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, But yeah, we're back. New year. New episode. New topic. Yeah. No more themed months. For now. As far as we know. <laughs> We're just back with regular old episodes. Yeah, and I we, think January will be fun. I think we've got some good ones for this month. I'm excited. Yes. And we're starting out with a book. Oh, yeah. Emma, you had a reading list for last year. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that you read a chunk of the books that were on your reading list. And then you yeah. also read a good chunk of books that were not on your reading list, thanks yeah, to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a bigger chunk? Oh, no. Yeah. I what's, the, up, what's the final total? Uh, so I ended up reading – my goal for each year is to read 52 books, which is a very lofty goal. And honestly, like, if I just were able to reach, like, 26 books, I would be happy because, mm-hmm. um, you know, That's I half, got shit yeah. to do. Yeah, and, and you got shit half. to do, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've been doing this challenge. This will be like my third year now. In 2017, I read 15 books and I was like, okay, my goal for, um, 2018 is literally just to read more than 15. So I did that. I read 16 books last year. Hey, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And like literally just got in under the wire because I think I finished my last book on like December 27th or something like that. Wow. Um, but it was my biggest book of the year also that I finished. It was like 800 pages. And, what was it? Um, it was the first book in the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, which is just like this very long fantasy series, kind of in the vein of like Tolkien, but newer. Cool. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'd heard of it. Travis's dad is like a huge fan of this series and I'd heard about it from him and then just kept popping up. And one of my other friends got really into reading last year and he got into like all of these fantasy books. So I ended up borrowing it from him. And with his like helpful prodding of like, oh, how far have you gotten? I was able to finish the book, I think, in like four months. It took me a really long time. That's always helpful when someone's like pestering you about it. Yeah. You feel guilty. So I only have 13 more books to go in the series. And they're all longer than that. Oh, God. That's a huge series. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's massive. And Robert Jordan actually, like, died before he could finish it. So I think oh, the no. last two books are done by this ghostwriter named Brandon Sanderson. Oh, but, I know that name. Yeah. I tried reading one of his books, mm-hmm. and I hated it. Um, Keegan and I were actually talking about him just the other day because I was curious to know if he'd become a better writer since then because the book that i read it was like either the first or second i think the second book he had like ever ever written Mm -hmm. um it was the first one in a series which i don't remember the name of and i read it because um my voice cracked i read it because my boss at the time was super into it so she lent it to me and i thought that the story was very cool and interesting and i thought that the writing was horrendous cool and so i just couldn't bring it upon myself to read the other two in the series and so i was just like is he better at writing now and keegan's like sort of so i don't know (laughs) yeah he is like a pretty prolific author himself like he's written a lot brandon yeah right so like i would and this was like years ago that i read this book 
So I would have to assume that he's gotten better since then. I hope so, so because he's going to close out this series for me, and he better not fuck it up. Yeah, right? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, but apparently, like, I think Robert Jordan, or maybe it was his kids or something like that, maybe he knew he was going to, like, knew he was dying, and, like, they picked Brandon Sanderson. Like, it wasn't oh, just, like, the publisher. okay. So right. I'm hoping that it is similar gonna, but i mean that's like years from now honestly that i'm talking about that i'll get around to reading this oh he died in 2007 mm-hmm. he died a long time ago yeah um he was pretty young why did he die cancer seems like cancer so yeah yeah uh, so we knew he was gonna die yeah you pretty much know when the end is near anyways so um sometimes when it's cancer yeah or other times (laughs) (laughs) i'm only laughing because we're gonna talk about some like really serious subjects today and i I get really silly when we have to talk about serious stuff yeah me too this is gonna be a mess but anyways uh a great life's a mess way to to start it off so in summation i only read six books from my list last year all the other 10 were either for the podcast or this wheel of time book or another book and then i had they like, were just for some other reason i didn't yeah i had like an english class and I ended up reading like five books for that class so i like marked them all as this counts towards my challenge oh absolutely um yeah so Obviously, my list is, like, still pretty, like, needs a little bit of refreshing, I think. There's some books that have been on there, like, since 2017, obviously. So, I think those are going to be my go-tos to do. Right. They'll get bumped up to the top. Funny enough, the book that we read for this episode was on my list. Hey! Perfect! So, and I just finished it yesterday. So, I already have one book done for this year. And what book is that, Emma? Looking for Alaska. Ah, as if it wasn't in the episode title all along. (laughs) Yeah, Looking for Alaska. I think I suggested this book. I think so. It sounds like something I would suggest because I was way into it as a teen. But We can talk about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking for Alaska was written by John Green. Whoa, 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 wait. Hey, Danica. Hey, Emma. What you drinking first? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you started to stop me, I realized what I had done, and I was like, oh, my God, I fucked up. That's okay. We haven't podcasted together in so long. It's cool. Um, I'm drinking wine. Cool. I'm your wine mom. It's red. for you. It's red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't ask, so I provided. What kind of red? <laughs> A blend. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it was just cheap. Yeah. Red wine, and it was a blend, and then I was looking at it later, after I had already taken it home, and I realized that by blend, they mean it's like almost entirely cab salve and then a little bit of other stuff i feel like any of those ones that say like red or red red blend like they're usually a cab salve yeah this one yeah. was like 85 percent cab salve and 15 percent. i think it just said other reds like, okay 15 <laughs> percent other <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't hate it it's nice good i'm glad i'm happy for you thank you hey emma Hey, Danica. What are you drinking? Well, it's been super rainy lately, so I'm just having a nice mug of tea tonight. Oh, I'm blissful. tea granny. Wine mom and tea granny. Yeah. Back at it again. <laughs> what kind of tea are you drinking? Um, an orange pico. Mm. Decaffeinated because it's quite late. <laughs> <laughs> but I am that's, drinking... That's real tea granny vibes there. Yeah. I am drinking it out of uh, one of my favorite mugs that I have, and it is my band book mug, like B-A-N-N-E-D. 
And so it has like a list. Yeah, it has like a list of a bunch of banned books on it. Um, And when the mug is cold, parts of the titles are like blacked out. And then when it heats up, the black parts like fade so you can actually read the titles. That's so cool. I love it. And I've read quite a few books on here. So yeah. Yeah. Looking for Alaska. It's important to read books that have been challenged in places because that sometimes means that they are important in some way or another. Yes. Looking for Alaska is not on here, but that's That's okay. okay. But it has been banned in a number of places. Oh, hell yeah. Of course it has been. Yeah. It's very Uh, sexy. Okay, so start telling me about Looking for Alaska again. (laughs) Looking for Alaska was written by John Green. It was his first novel that was published uh, in 2005. And it has won prizes. I don't remember which one. Yay. Um, uh, The Prince Award, for sure. I don't know if it's won other prizes, actually. Um, And it's been... uh, banned and or challenged in a lot of places for well for a bunch of stuff but basically the book is about uh this teen boy named miles halter who has a boring life in florida and he decides to go to a boarding school in alabama and in search of the great perhaps as he calls it this kid is obsessed with people's last words and Francois Rabelais' last words where I go to seek the great perhaps. And he's like, I want to do that. I want to go have adventure. And so he does that, meets some friends, gets into shenanigans. Teenage stuff happens. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. There's a lot of, like, heavy content in this book. I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but they talk a lot about, like, drinking and smoking and sexuality and stuff like that, which, um... You know, just teen things. Yeah, teen things. Teen things that parents hate. (sighs) Which is why this book has been challenged a bunch of times, because... Parents just don't understand. They just don't understand. (laughs) But anyway, it also deals with a lot of, like, very big and heavy topics... Like friendship and guilt and mortality and love and, and existence lust. and lust. Yeah. Ayo. Ayo. Yeah. And I guess it's time to get into our first impressions. Yeah. You go first. Okay. Um, I can't specifically remember the first time that I read this book. I think it was 2000, I think it was 2005 or 2006. Um because I'm trying to remember when the Vlog Brothers first started and I think that was 2006. Um and the Vlog Brothers for anyone who doesn't know is the video project between John Green and his brother Hank Green. Um, so they started this project where for a whole year they would only, uh, talk to each other, uh, through non-textual communication. So no texting, no writing emails. They would only talk, like, on the phone and then also primarily through, uh, YouTube videos. And they would just each post a video every day talking to the other person. And then a bunch of other people started watching too. So it's been years and years and they're still doing it. Um... And, yeah, if that was in 2006, I started watching that in, like, the February. And so I think, yeah, I think I would have read this book either just before or just after I found out about that. And I really liked it. I remember a bunch of our friends at the time also read it and felt a connection to it. And, God, I don't know, you know? It's like being a teen is hard, and emotions are high, and the emotions are very high in this book. And there's also, like, 
a lot of smart teens in this book. And I identified as a quote unquote smart teen. So I was like, yeah, I see myself in these characters. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I just like really appreciated uh, tackling those type of subjects, like suffering and dealing with it and ways to deal with it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And, oh, one thing that I do specifically remember that was important to me was this was the first novel, possibly the first book, including textbooks, that I used a highlighter in. Ooh. Because I was, I was so anal about my books for so long. You'll know. And so same with any friend that went to high school with us. Like, if I lent a book to someone... I was like a library, and I had, like, a list of rules that you had to follow. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) And I remember one time loaning a book to someone without them asking. I gave it to them because I was like, I really think that you will enjoy this book. And I gave it to them specifically, being like, please read this. Like, you'll like it. Trust me. Um, And they didn't. And they had taken the jacket cover off and, like, left it sitting out for months and it was like splayed out so it lost its like folds in it oh no so when you put it back around the hardcover it like didn't fit properly and that pissed me off a lot (laughs) which is like not anything to be pissed off about but that's the sort of person that i was then (laughs) books were just very important and sacred to me at that time i guess is what i'm trying to say and so me using a highlighter in a book was a big deal Mm -hmm. yeah that's all i have to say about that big deal it was a big deal, yeah. And for a while, I read it every single year. But it's been a oh, long really? time since the last time. Oh, yeah. I think Every year was... in January is when I would read it. So that's oh, why yeah. I suggested it for this month. I, yeah, I remember, like, I think, like, you and Marnie, you guys would do that. And Hannah and Ashley. Oh, yeah, and Hannah and Ashley. I think yeah. this is literally, like, the second time that I read it. A true um, second impression. Yeah. But I, love that. Um, I feel like I read this book after you guys did because you were recommending it to me or you guys were talking about it and I just wanted to know what you were talking about. Fair. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, it was my first John Green novel that I read and obviously because it's his first book and mm-hmm. um, I really liked it. I didn't feel like that deep of a connection as you guys did to it, but I thought it was a great book and I liked the topics that it covered. Um, I was a really big fan of like those YA novels that um, do cover just like more heavy stuff, you know, real life stuff, not Mm -hmm. just um, high school crushes and I don't know. Although that is a big part of this. Yes, but it's like it's – in a more real way than yes. just, like, a fun, like, flirty novel where you're just like, oh, my God, I hope so-and-so gets together, and when are they going to kiss? And anyways, um, I hadn't, like, I don't think I had any feelings like that during my first or second read of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's just there. It's just, like, a really... Um, like, human emotion, and it's not some sort of, like, fantasy I don't feel. Um, to to the reader, anyways. To right. the character is different. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I read it. And even though this was my second time reading it, like, this is a book that I recommend to people. I'm like, you should read this book. It's a really great book. Um, and it's, like, a pretty quick read in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's not very long at all. And, um, so yeah, like my, my copy that I have is so like well used because I've lent it out so many times. Oh, that's um, so nice. Yeah. So it's like a special book in that sense. I don't know if there is like another book on my shelf that I have recommended to people more or like lent out more than this book. Um, and I was just really excited to like read it again you know, like over 10 years later as mm-hmm. an adult when I can put some of those like teenage emotions like behind me and look at the book more from, I don't know, a different perspective, I guess. Like an adult perspective. Yeah. Because we're of. not 
teens. And it, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. sort of adults. We're technically adults. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was definitely – I don't remember the last time I read this book. Maybe when I was like 20? Mm-hmm. Let's just throw in a number out there. So that still means it's been like a good long while. So yeah, I was I was stoked. I've been away from it for a good chunk of time, and it's time to come on home. Yeah. Yeah. So All we right. did. Yeah, let's get into it. Do you hear that, Dave? Hear what, Kate? The sound of nature calling. Ah, uh, you're right, it's awful. If there was only a way to drown it out. What have I told you? You can. Just pop these earbuds in and tune in to Sasquatch Ate My Baby. You'll hear about great things such as conspiracies, murder, cryptids, and ghostly encounters. What about tangents? So many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the same podcast you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast.com, and many social media networks? Hell yeah. With new episodes uploaded every Saturday? Exactly. Just look up Sasquatch Ate My Baby, click subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Bye, Bye friends. friends. Second impressions. Um, it did kind of feel like coming home. Like, I'm very comfortable with this book because I've read it so many times. Mm-hmm. And there were scenes that, like, as they were approaching, I was getting excited to read again. Yeah. Because I, did, I couldn't remember exactly how it went, but I remember that, like, it was going to be good. Um, so I just had that, like, it felt like... The sort of, like, excited anxiety you have when you're about to, like... The only example I have is when you're about to, like, go on stage to do a performance. hmm Because that's the only other time when I felt, like, both, like, nervous and excited at the same time. hmm Because you're going... Like, you go on stage to do a performance. It's something that you've done a hundred times already. Uh, but you still don't know what's really going to happen. And I wasn't... 100% sure how I was going to feel reading these same words, like, however many years later. Yeah. But I knew what the words were going to be, more or less. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird feeling, but it was an excited feeling, mm-hmm. a good feeling. And, yeah, it was, like, very interesting to find myself relating to different things in a stronger way now as an adult uh, yeah. compared to being a teen mm-hmm. and then relating to some things the exact same way even though so much time <laughs> has passed <laughs> like there were some things and I was reading them and I was just like yeah still feel the same about this <laughs> sometimes life just like stays the same yeah um ain't that the truth but yeah, what about you? What were your initial second impressions? Um, I didn't remember much about like the intricacies of the story. I remembered like the big moments that happened in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt excited to read it. Um, but I was also really excited to finish it. Like I just felt like I couldn't read it fast enough, you know? Mm. Like it wasn't really something that I wanted to spend a lot of time going through um that's funny because i wish i had spent more time (laughs) with it like i wish i had read it slower even though it is like number one a quick read and number two i was on a time crunch to get this done in time yeah um i wanted more time to like mull things over yeah yeah um i yeah i almost feel like i should have maybe like read it twice before doing this episode just so that i had like you know, the base, okay, this is what the story, like, really is again, and then... Right, um, and then go back and, like, get into it. Yeah, like, really, like, dig into it, but that's fine. I didn't do that, so this is what you have to deal with. Coming next week, looking for Alaska, third impression. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I still liked it. I thought it was a great book. Um... And then, yeah, it was interesting, like, looking at it from an adult perspective. Um, I honestly don't think that I really liked the main character that much. Like, Miles was just 
a teenage yeah. boy and annoying and self-centered. Yeah. And uh, I think he was a good, like, narrator for this novel, but it was just... But that doesn't make him a great yeah. person. No. I And I that is, like, a thing that I feel I felt differently than the first time I read it. I don't think I really had those kinds of opinions back then. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, especially in the, like, first-person narratives, you're expected to put yourself into the position yeah. of the narrator. And, like, even though Miles is, like, very much a boy mm-hmm. and I was very much a teen girl, like, I di- I still did that for sure. And I was seeing the world through his eyes. But now, like, I'm better at seeing the narrator as another character. Yeah. And it's easier to analyze them, like, as the character themselves and not, like, as myself. Yeah. Yeah. That made sense, right? Yeah, I agree. Like... Okay. Um... I think it's easy to get, like, the two conflated, you know? Like, when you're reading things as I all the time, um, it's, like, you for- you kind of forget that you're supposed to be someone else. Like, you're – or somebody else. Yeah, it's else's. not you. Yeah, it's, it's not, not you. I. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't him. feel this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Miles feels this way. Yeah. I feel this way towards Miles. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for helping me through that. <laughs> Though we helped each other. This is a team effort. <laughs> Um, so I kind of felt a little, like, leery at times reading the book because Miles would do something and I'd just be like, stop being so goddamn stupid and open your eyes. Um, and then... He's kind of a little shit sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, um, what was really great about it, though, was that, like, the other characters, like, the supporting characters, specifically, like... The Colonel and Takumi, mm-hmm. um, they would like talk to Miles how I wanted to talk to him, and yeah, they said some stuff, and I was just like, "Thank you, thank you." He needed to hear that. That is like absolutely what I was focused on. Was that um, like Alaska and the Colonel and Takumi? They all like call out Miles on his shit, yeah, and on the fact that like he's not viewing things the way they actually are he's viewing them the thi- he's viewing things the way that like he thinks they are or he wants them to be or he's like imagining them to be yeah but it's not the reality and he's not he's also not willing to look at like the whole picture or to even like look at things objectively and take himself out of it yeah. so yeah he's being like very weird and selfish about everything and they all call him out on it. And yeah, he just like kind of keeps doing it. Um I I didn't really like him because he just kind of goes along with whatever he's told. And I understand why. Because yeah. he comes from this like really boring life where he didn't really have any friends. And now he does, so he doesn't want to lose them. So he'll just do whatever they tell him to do. Um but that doesn't make me like miles as a person (laughs) no it definitely wasn't one of his better qualities um and you can kind of see him like growing out of that a little near the end of the book yeah he he... is willing to like walk away from the colonel and like do things on his own and not follow along all the time but yes yeah Yeah. and even when he starts like ad-libbing some of his um like lies or whatever when they're pulling the prank um, yeah. Or pulling a few pranks. Like, that's him, like, really participating and not just being, like, a follower, a sheep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice and refreshing. <laughs> yeah, he's a real person. He's a real boy. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, he goes to Alabama in search of this great perhaps, and I think he just comes with a lot of expectations about what that's going to look like, and he is really just, like, living this fantasy as soon as he sets foot in Culver Creek. And, um, you know, the colonel fits, like, one aspect of that fantasy and Alaska fits another. And then 
Takumi and Lara, like they're another part of it too. But he is just like almost living in this like make believe world. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for a good portion of the book. Yeah, and it's all like right there in the way that he talks about them too, yeah. like Alaska and the Colonel specifically. The way he talks about them, he like totally idolizes both of them. Yeah. For being these, like, huge personalities that he could never be or thinks he could never be. hmm And he's basically just like, I have to cling to them because they're the sun and I just have to be as close to that magnificent light as I can be. Um, But, yeah, as a result, he chooses to, like, ignore the shittier parts of their personality. Yeah. Um... I like the fact that he reaches uh, a point with the colonel when they're, like, fighting. And he's, like, and he's, like, super pissed off at, I don't even know why. Just, I think, in everything that's happening in, like, the second half of the book. I think he just, like, gets really pissed off with the colonel. Um, And he chooses not to, like, pick a fight with him. Because he's, like, "I, I can't. There's no point in fighting with him right now. Yeah. Because we just... It's just not even an option. So even though I'm mad and even though I have, like, a different opinion, I'm just not even going to bring it up because there's no point. I need him. So (laughs) I need him way more than I need to voice my opinion. So we're just going to pretend that everything's cool. Yeah. There's such big emotions in this book. There really are. It is a lot to deal with. (laughs) Um, But it kind of, like, reminded me, like, how fun it is, like, being a teenager and or how fun it can be and, how know, fun it can be yeah. yeah you know just like all of their little when like, it doesn't hijinks. suck it's pretty good yeah. all of their hijinks and like you know hanging out at their spots and just i don't know having those conversations and hangout times like god i don't want to be a teenager again but I don't know if I often, like, think about those times with, like, oh, that was so great, you know? Yeah. I think I think even the fact that um, things can feel that big and that important when you can be – you can be, like, in a moment and you can be, like, this is so significant. Like, I'm going to remember this moment for the rest of my life for whatever reason. Um. And that just, like, doesn't really happen when you get older. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, whatever. Life is this, and I know who I am, and I know what I want, and blah, blah, blah. But when you're a teenager, you're still figuring all that stuff out. So you can be, like, yeah, in the middle of one of those experiences and just be like, this is it. This is a thing that's, like, significant in my life, and you can know it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there are moments, like, when you get older where it's like you don't really know that it's significant until later yeah 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 that's deep (laughs) i don't think it was but thank you for saying that you're welcome just trying to lift you up oh thanks man (laughs) um (laughs) so alaska alaska talks about um nostalgia There are lots of, like, very quotable quotes in this book, I think. Yeah. Alaska at one point says that imagining the future is a kind of nostalgia. Yeah. In the way that you can picture it with these, like, rose-colored glasses on and this, like, magical thing that you expect it to be. And that's not what it's actually going to be. In the same way that we look back on things and we're like, ah, yes, this was such a magical, perfect time when that's not the whole picture, right? Yeah. I and I think I still relate to that because yeah, I'm an adult, but I'm still figuring things out. Oh yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, so I can still I still do that. And I definitely did that as a teenager. I mm-hmm. had this like vision of the future and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do and this is what it's going to be and this is how everything's going to work out. This is the plan. And the plan did not happen yeah. for X, Y, Z reasons, because that's life, right? Mm-hmm. But I still do that. I still think about the future in a very nostalgic sort of way. I think that 
that is like an important um thing that people do you know if we didn't look at the future in a positive way then like what are we working towards what are our goals right i don't know man yeah so and same with like looking on the past with like rose-colored glasses i don't think it really serves any purpose to look on the past in a, a more realistic way because i don't know like this book talks a lot about suffering and how we're all just like trying to get through like the labyrinth of life and suffering mm-hmm. and i think that you know mitigating those feelings is an important coping mechanism <laughs> and <laughs> I don't really think it helps to just, like, focus on bad times for the sake of, like, remember that terrible time, you know? Yeah, but then the argument to that is you look at Miles, who only chooses to see Alaska as this, like, magical, beautiful girl who is, like, yeah, kind of crazy sometimes, but... He only sees the, like, funny, sexy parts of her and forgets about her moody parts and the parts when she, like, won't talk to anyone and the parts when she's, like, a complete bitch for no reason. (laughs) And uh, I don't think it's about, like, focusing on the negative things, but more about seeing things as a whole. Which includes negatives, right? Sure. I do think that you need to, yeah, you need to be realistic about stuff, but... What bothers me, I guess, about him is, like, he'll acknowledge that she's being moody and bitchy, but then Mm -hmm. immediately forgets about it, you know? Yeah. Like, I think there's a difference between, um, like, thinking about someone or something from the past and thinking about a good time you had, but then, like, oh, what if they were, like, moody the next day and, like, we had a fight or something? I don't think that serves a purpose, but I do... Think that if you're thinking about someone as a whole human being, like, they can't just be this angel to you. Like, they have to be real and human with flaws and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. hmm Which Alaska isn't to Miles. This is something that John Green has done in, like, a couple of his other books as well. No. Uh, Paper Town specifically. Yeah. Yeah. He's all about, like imagining people complexly and characters that like don't know how to do that yeah (laughs) uh so yeah i don't know i just think it's an important reminder to and and it's a really good lesson to learn and i think that's why i liked this book because i think with any crush or with any like idol Anybody that you put on a pedestal, I suppose, you will envision them a particular way that only includes their positives. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that we all have to figure out at some point. And it's like, that's why people say, like, don't meet your idols, because then you have to realize that they are human beings and human beings are flawed. And that's not how you want to see them. But I guess the better lesson, other than like, Or instead of don't meet your idols is imagine your idols as humans. Either that or, like, imagine them however you want to, but then once you do see that they're flawed, like, you have to be okay with it. Yeah. You can't get mad at them for being real. You know? I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to use that. You can't get mad at someone for being real. very good it's very true (laughs) i don't Um, know i was just thinking about you know like relationships that i've had or like friendships and stuff like that and you start off and there's always like this honeymoon phase right where everything's great and you just like want to spend all of your time with them and then everything they do is perfect yeah like they can't fuck up in any way and then eventually something happens and it's it might not be a bad thing but it could just be something that you weren't expecting And you just have to really just prepare yourself for that moment and just push through and Mm -hmm. carry on because it doesn't matter because they're still like and forgive because forgiveness is another or I guess theme that comes up in this book 
particularly near the end. Yeah. And it's about, like, yeah, I guess forgiving people for fucking up. Because sometimes they make choices and they're not going to consider you (laughs) because maybe you're not an important part of that choice for them. And, yeah, you have to forgive them for that. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. Something that stuck out to me this time around that I don't think I fully connected with as a teenager, but I definitely connect with now, is when... I don't know, the Colonel and Alaska, maybe Takumi's there, I don't remember. They're sitting around and they're bitching about the Weekday Warriors, mm-hmm. who, for anyone who hasn't read this book, um, the Weekday Warriors at their boarding school are the rich kids that board at the school Monday to Friday, but then go home to their rich kid houses for the weekend <laughs> to, I don't know, drive their fancy cars and go to rich kid parties and whatever. <laughs> I don't know what rich kids do. <laughs> um, and anyway, so the Colonel and Alaska are extremely poor. They're scholarship students. They're there purely on scholarship. Like, and then, I don't know, the weekday warriors, their parents pay for them to be there. Um, and kind of as a result, the Colonel and Alaska hate the rich kids for... reasons that I guess we can get mad at them for not imagining the rich kids complexly as well but we're we as the reader are also not given the chance to imagine the rich kids complexly I don't know they're just not a big enough part of the book that we don't get that opportunity so I guess the readers expected to hate them as well Um, anyway it doesn't matter and then So Miles is listening to them bitch about the weekday warriors. And he's thinking to himself, like, uh, he got pranked by some of the rich kids on, like, his first night. And it was a really shitty prank and to the point where he could have died. But he's like, I still can't hate that kid because hating requires a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And I just don't have that kind of energy. And that hit me home so much. Yeah. Because as I've gotten older, I'm just like, wow, it takes so much out of you to actively hate somebody or something. Yeah. And I just can't be bothered. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. way rather take that energy and put it into something else. Yeah. I it's agree. exhausting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing with me. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I paid more attention to Takumi this time around. Me too. Yeah. He was an interesting character. I wish we had gotten more time with him as readers, and I know why we didn't and why we couldn't. Yeah. And that's kind of part of it is because, like, Miles and the colonel shut him out. But... I really liked him. I thought he was, like, a super cool guy. I had never paid that much attention to him before. And still, like, one of my favorite scenes the first time I read this book and one of my favorite scenes now is still with the scene with the fox hat. Yes. (laughs) Because no one can catch the motherfucking fox. No. It's beautiful and perfect. And I love it. And I love Takumi. Yeah. Um, And I liked how... um, you know, he doesn't show up so much in, like, the second half of the book for obvious reasons. Not so obvious to our listeners. Obvious to people who have read the book. But, um, you know, he does have that final hurrah, like, at the end. And I think it's a really great reminder that even though Miles and the colonel, like, shut him out, he was still, like, an important person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still, like, going yeah. through his own shit at the same time. And yeah. then I was feeling the same way towards Lara. Yeah. Because we also don't get to see much of her in the second half of the book. She also gets shut out. And when she and Miles kind of, like, I don't know, patch things up, we realize that, like, she's been going through this, like, really shitty time 
and has basically been doing it alone. Yeah. Because her friends have disappeared. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's sad. And I was sympathetic towards them. It was really sad. Um, You know, I really appreciate, like, my friend group uh, being supportive and, like, there when you're going through a tough time. And I think it would just be awful if, you know, we were all experiencing um, some sort of hardship and then, like, everybody just gets so distant. Yeah, and your friends were just gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. It's not a great way to treat your friends. You're stronger together. Yeah. Kids. Lean on your friends. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh yeah, I was looking at um at the end of the book there are or I think at least in the 2012 reprint um mm-hmm. there are like some discussion questions. Oh yeah, additional discussion questions. I have that. Okay, great. Um one that I don't know whether it's in like I don't know what version it's in, but one of the questions is just, do you like Alaska? Oh, that's not in my version. Yeah, I think this was in the 2012 one. Um, I downloaded, I bought the ebook because my hard copy is in Nanaimo. Oh. Which I am not. (laughs) (laughs) So I just bought it again. So yeah, do you like Alaska? Do you like her as a person? Um, I think, oh. Um, no. No. Okay. Cool. Do I have to say why? <laughs> I mean, if this were an essay question, yeah, but this is a podcast, so. I mean, uh, I also, yeah, I don't know. A quick, <laughs> quick response. Not five pages <laughs> worth. Um, yeah. I don't think that she is a very, like, caring person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like Miles, like, she's pretty selfish or self-centered at least and um she is just a little too inconsiderate of other people and Mm -hmm. as I've grown older I've discovered like what traits I really look for in people especially like new friends and things like that and consideration is just such a big one to me like if you're inconsiderate to me that's just so rude and um like immature too immature i understand that she's a teenager but you know just giving some thought as to like how your actions are going to affect others i think is a really important part of like learning how to just coexist with people and um yeah i think i liked her during my first read through but this time, not so much. I agree. I think that I liked her, like, as a teenager. hmm Because she was interesting, and she was smart, and I, I, li- I liked her for her love of books. Yeah, and she's, like, wild and... Funny. Yeah, and for this, like... Yeah. I think for some of the same reasons why Miles likes her, because she is this, like, larger-than-life personality mm-hmm. sometimes... Um, and I was just like, I, I admire that because I'm not that. And I don't know, there are just like traits that you see in other people that you're just like, I don't have that, but I like it. So I like you. (laughs) (laughs) But now, like as a grown up, like I don't know if Alaska and I would have like been friends as teens. Yeah. As teens, like, maybe, maybe not. As an adult, for sure not. Um, But you do learn, like, partially why Alaska is the way she is. Um, Yeah. I think it's described as, like, she gets... She gets scared into perpetual motion. And so she just always has to act and react, I suppose. Yes. Which is why she's just, like, so everywhere. Um... But, yeah, I don't, I don't like that in adults. When you're a teenager and you clearly have depression, like, 
there are things that people will not understand about you that yeah. you need professional help for. Um, and that's okay. So long as you have a good support system, yeah. which she does. And I love her friends for being there for her. She's but, a yeah. good support system, but it is flawed because, like, they don't understand what she's going through. So they can't really, like, support her the way that she needs it to happen. Exactly. Um, and I guess that's another good question that I was, like, um, thinking about a lot more this time around, which was, like, what it means to be a good friend. Yeah. Because when, like, when Miles and the Colonel make the mistake. Yeah. Which is what I'm going to refer to it as. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they blame themselves for it for a really long time, which, like, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. I don't really know. I haven't decided, and it's not up to me. It's up to them. Um. But it's like, how do you be a good friend? Do you be a good friend by doing what your friend asks you to do or by doing the right thing, even though your friend is probably going to hate you for it? I lean more towards the second one. Me too. Um, I think, you know, as a teenager, definitely the first one, you know, you think you're being a good supportive friend, you're doing the things that they're asking, but like... I think that being a support system for someone, which is what friends are, like, doesn't necessarily mean doing the thing that they want to do, but you do the thing. It's doing the right thing, yeah. Yeah, you do the thing that needs to happen. Yeah. I would argue that even as teens, we were in that group. Yeah, like, we were pretty mature, we were pretty mature and we were also pretty like i don't know we were bitches (laughs) (laughs) and we were really stubborn and we had a relatively strong moral compass yeah and yeah did we fuck up for sure but at the end of the day we had we had a pretty strong like moral compass and i think that we would rather our friends be pissed at us for making a tough decision that they didn't like than for doing something stupid. Exactly. And this just, like, comes back to, like, that whole concept of, like, forgiveness is, like, if you're truly friends, even if that person makes you angry by one of their actions, like, you can forgive that person. But... Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we've been friends for 15 years. Truth. Spitting the hot truths on Second Impressions <laughs> podcast. God, we've known each other for so long. I know, like almost as long as this book's been out. A little bit longer. A couple years longer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? No, because I said almost as long as this book's been out, but we've been friends for longer. Then the book's been out, so... This book's been out for almost as long as we've been friends. Thank you. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> any any last thoughts before we rate it? Um, no, I would just like to tell people, like, if you haven't read this book, it's definitely worth your time. Um, surprisingly, like, <laughs> pretty much all of his other books have been made into, like, or not all of them, but two of them have been made into movies. This one will be a movie in 2020, I think. But um, it's going to be an eight-part miniseries on Hulu, is what I read. Ooh, so yeah, that's exciting because we don't have Hulu in Canada. <laughs> we sure don't. So don't know how we're going to watch it. I think it might go on that streaming thing, Crave. Because oh, I was looking, I don't have that. Yeah, I was looking through some of their um, offerings, I guess, and they do have a couple of shows that I remember seeing in the states as like Hulu originals. So, oh, yeah. okay. And then also, for instance, like Handmaid's Tale up here. I don't know who makes it, but in the states, it was a Hulu original, so it could come from somewhere else in Canada. Mm, okay. Yeah. Neato. Um, but yeah, you should read this book. It's really good. 
it's good. It's a quick read, and I I think it's really well done. Yeah. I think the writing itself is, like, pretty good. Yeah. I think the characters are, like, flawed in a typical teenage way. Like, I think they read as teenagers. Oh, definitely. Which is, like, good and great, because I definitely connected them with that when I was a teen, and as an adult, I'm reading them, and I'm like, yep, those are some teenagers right there, so... <laughs> Those are definitely teenagers. Those are some teens. I know a teen when I read one, and that's a teen. Oh, my God. Travis and I went to the movies last night, and there were so many teenagers at the movie theater. I was so mad. Well, you know what? Teens are going through a lot. (laughs) They have really high emotions. And I do get mad at teenagers sometimes for just, like, being teenagers. Yeah. Yeah, for just being teenagers. And I know that I shouldn't, and I know that it's wrong. Yeah. Because... Man, being a teen is kind of the best and worst. Yeah. I don't know. They just get in the way. They're just but always it's in not, the way. You have to imagine them complexly, Emma. <laughs> what did we just talk about? Yeah, but they're not being considerate of my need to walk through this room. <laughs> they're just standing <laughs> in the way. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, let's move oh. on. You're perfect. I am a granny tonight. Yeah. Always and forever a granny. (laughs) Uh, Rubric. Rubric time. First rubric of 2019. Wow. Fun Fun, factor. Fun factor. Um, Kind of fun. This book has like highs and lows. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird metric to measure this book against, I feel. But... I'm going to say, like, four out of five fun. I had fun. I read it. It was great. Um, Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Four out of five sounds good. (laughs) Copy that. Four out of five bottles of Boons. Oh, dude. Were we not just talking about Boons last week? Yeah, we were. Oh, dude. Boons. Boons. What a time to be alive. What Meaning a as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> when, was the last t- when was the last time you had boons? Not since I was a teenager. I don't think so either. I kind of want to get a bottle and try it again. But <gasps> A second impressions. Oh, we'll do like a surprise. Like, what are you drinking? And it'll second be boons. impressions and boons. I think it's going to be bad. But I also think it's going to be bad. But now that you've said it, I want to do it <laughs> for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so was it worth it? Yes, definitely. I'm so glad. I don't know why I waited so long to read this book again, but yeah. Good. Yeah, yes. same. Um, I think it was definitely worth it. It's a great read. I think it's an important read to have as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I think it is an important second impression read to have as an adult. And yes, I'm going to read it again when I'm... 60. Third impression. Maybe I'll... (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, what if we're still doing the podcast when we're 60? Oh, my God. I think we'll run out of topics. Probably. But by that point, we will have experienced certain things for the first time, and then we can go back and do those a second time. Ah, yes. Uh, Mammogram. Second impression. I was thinking, like, axe throwing, because I just watched a video on axe throwing, and now I really want to try it. There was this axe throwing place that Travis and his friends went to in Victoria for one of his friend's bachelor parties. And I remember you talking about that. Yeah. It sounds sick. And they're opening a location in Nanaimo, and Travis is Oh, really my God. Excited. You have to go. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to look. There's got to be a place in the lower mainland here. So oh, definitely. I'm going to look that up. Definitely. Maybe I'll do that for my birthday. Ooh. That would be cool. Very cool. I'm going to do that. Okay. (laughs) I've decided. I'm going axe throwing for my birthday. Uh, But Um, have you decided if you're going to read this book again? Oh, shit. I Um, guess we already kind of answered it, but. Yeah, no, I I think that maybe I will get back into my old tradition of reading this book every January. Yeah? Yeah, why not? Just to see if there's any more that I can, like, 
suck out of it. <laughs> because for those, for those first, like, four or five years that I was doing it, I felt like every time that I read it, I got something different out of it. Yeah. And maybe going back and doing that as an adult would be different and good, too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might try it again next January. I feel like this was a really great book for me to, like, start my book challenge off with because it is, like, an, an easy read and um, pretty short, only, like, 220 pages. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the 3rd of January. I've already done one book, so I feel that it might just, like, be the thing, the catalyst I need to, like, get my ass in gear to read 17 books this year. <laughs> You can do it. Thank you. So yeah, we I'll could definitely do read it again. A second impressions year of books, and then you would definitely do fifty two because oh we do God, an I episode every week. I think I might die. I'd probably die too. And I, <laughs> I put it out into the universe, and now I'm really, really against it. Yeah, uh, just take it back. Take it back. Cut that part out. <laughs> I sucked it back in. Good. Don't bring it up again. Okay. I'm so sorry. But that would be interesting. No. We just said we're not going to do it. <laughs> what about like 26 books? Uh, every other lot. week? Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we're still going in 2019 or 2020. It's 2019 right now. What am I talking about? Maybe when we're 60. Maybe when we're 60. That's what we'll do. Every other week, second impressions, your books. Deal. Let's shake on it. I can't see you. Okay, just hold out your hand. Okay. And then up, down, up, down. Done. Done. (laughs) (laughs) We have to end the podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, uh, we hope that this is a great way to start your um, 2019 Second Impressions podcast listening experience. <laughs> for all those interested, looking for Alaska Day is January 10th? January 10th, yeah. So just a couple days after this book comes out, or this podcast episode comes out. <laughs> if you want to celebrate, go read this book and drink a bottle of Boons. Ayo. And, um... Yeah, my name's Emma. My name's Danica. You thank didn't you, thank you, Keegan, for our artwork. Thanks, Travis, for the music, <laughs> and thanks to all of you for listening. New Year, same old us, same old shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes and. You can give us a follow on Spotify, and obviously, however you're listening to us is how you're listening to us. But you know, and you know what? Resolution for you guys: tell your friends. Yeah, just tell one person you know. I dare that would you. be amazing. <laughs> if each of you did that, that would be explosive. And I was going to make a poop joke, and now I'm not going to. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Again, my name's Danica. My name's Emma. Happy New Year. See ya later, dorks. Bye.